Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello and welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast. It's the end of 2021 and I wanted to do this episode to kind of look back over the year and share some of the thoughts and, and things that I've come across. And I wasn't quite sure the best way to format it or or how to go about it. So what I've decided to do is I'm just press record and I'm not going to edit it. I'm just going to literally talk about some of the things which have supported me, some of the things that have frustrated me, some of the things that have, have come across my mind over these last sort of weeks or so while I've been thinking about putting this show together about the best way to kind of understand where I am within the podcast, um, where we are as part of this journey, and I think trying to understand the sort of the relationship between the two. Now, most importantly, I think it's fair to say that we've had some amazing guests on the show, which has been absolutely incredible, but I still sometimes just feel frustrated, slightly lonely at times, because we create all this stuff, we hope education is changing, I hear from you, which is amazing, telling me exactly what's going on in your world, but yet... Time and time again, I still come across the frustrations and things that happen in in my life in terms of the things that I have to say to my children, to my pupils, to the situations where I'm in education and just feel like it's sort of an ongoing battle or sort of an ongoing frustration. So I'm just going to take this these next few minutes just to talk about some of those things, some of these experiences, some of the things that I can't quite believe still happen even though we're sort of trying to create this sort of positive journey and and experience for us all. So the first thing I want to just do is to really sort of take the opportunity to say sorry for all of the pupils, the children, everybody that I'm involved in with education, where I just think, I'm really sorry you're having to go through this. It shouldn't be how your education is. For all of those children that I see going through the school system, when those children that I see entering excited into nursery, into the early years, into key stage one, where it's just fantastically exciting. You start to make new friends, you get the chance to learn to read and to write, to play. This whole world of learning starts for you and everyone's just kind of just wanting to get go. And then time goes on, a year goes by, there's suddenly some testing involved, there's suddenly expectations about what you should and shouldn't do. It's not just about expressing yourself, it's about having to be a certain way or maybe not getting it wrong or not being inquisitive. And some children obviously relate to this better than others, but you start to see kind of the light behind the eyes start to dim slightly. And I'm really sorry for all of those children that get to experience that for the parents who get to see it happening as well and I don't really have any answers in terms of we're sharing how things can be different but when I see that it's absolutely so disheartening some of these things are whole system changes which could be made to make it better but we also know it's about the individual responses the individual understandings of what goes on I'm really sorry sometimes that I actually get frustrated with some of the things that happen within the school environments that I work in. I work in multiple schools um, and more and more admin is involved. There's more and more accountability, more time I have to spend outside of my normal working life. I spend about half a day a week on unpaid admin. 
just in terms of setting things up, making sure things are on um, various IT suites so people can make sure their kids can come to their music lessons. And then even then, that doesn't always happen. There's a situation where they don't get informed, they don't get the opportunity to come, the teacher says, no, you have to do a test, you have to do this. And then you get this kind of standoff between what the school expects, what the reality is. Um, and then the, the pupil is often sometimes in the middle. And I'm really sorry that that ever kind of happens. And we kind of make the best of that and kind of try to instill the important things about knowing when your lesson is and timetables and taking responsibility, which is fine as you start to get, you know, end of primary school into secondary school and and beyond that expectation is probably there and probably rightfully so but there are some younger children who maybe don't always get the, the support that they need and then vice versa you see fantastic support in different situations teachers parents going beyond what they even need to do to make sure that it's it happens purposely so I'm really sorry for those children that don't get to experience that and understand that sometimes these things are a lottery depending on your class your school your environment Um, and I kind of hope that we get to the point where we can instill the important things so that everybody gets the opportunity if they're not getting it directly that they can find it within themselves to get exactly what they need in terms of having the confidence to ask or making sure that they they know enough about the environment that they're in to know how to get the most out of it, how to ask the right questions, how to get the support for the people who are meant to be there for them, whether it's support staff, whether it's teachers, whether it's the school as a whole. I think that's such an important factor. I'm also really sorry for those children who experience kind of, it's not thought, fullness as it were it's just not being thoughtful in terms of everything that goes on through the way you come across when I've had the experience in this last term of one of my children being off with COVID it's happened to so many families so many different so many different people so many different places now what struck me the most and it really really shocked me was the fact that the first thing that came home was an email that said Here are the details you need to be able to keep working at home remotely. And it really shocked me because I replied and said, "Um, thank you for the information. But why was that the first thing that came out? Even in that particular email, that notification, there wasn't, we're sorry to hear you're sick. We really hope that you're well or you may be asymptomatic. Are you able to do any work at home? If you are able to do some work at home and you're feeling up to it, Here's what you can do and how you can go about doing it. And then even after I questioned that within the school, the, resu- the answer I got back was the government says we have to provide this information. And I thought that's kind of a really key example of how we can take personal responsibility. I don't know the ins and outs. I'm fairly sure the government doesn't say that you can't have a human element in there and you can't actually describe and explain those sorts of emotions <laughs> between someone being off poorly, how they might be reacting, we know everyone has a different situation. And then, of course, the reality that you know remote learning is a, a part and parcel of, of our kind of life, as it were, at the moment. But there has to be some kind of recognition of the situation. And I've talked before about the fact that the expectations of how this goes forward, you know, if you break a leg, even if you were having a race the next week, you wouldn't be able to. You have to recover. You have to have rest. You have to let everything heal. And then you set yourself up for the next race where you're able 
to take part maybe who knows six weeks a month three months six months but then you put yourself in the best position and away you go again and it seems to me that currently there's no understanding of any given situation that we're in it's just purely this ability to kind of you must keep going to the same rules that you had before and this idea of extra stress and this kind of unflexibility came came about specifically i for, for me this term again with um hearing children going into mock exams, um, sort of GCSE kind of level, with that sense of, we don't know what's going to happen in the summer. We know you've been off school. You know this is probably your first real exam understanding and situation. But just so that you know, these are really, really important because if we don't have summer exams, these might be some of the marks that go towards your GCSE. Now, what I found even more concerning about that is this is an exam which is being taken in year 10, not even in year 11, when the GCSEs would normally be, because they want to get one of the English exams out of the way. Now, for me, we just need to take a breath. Was it even important that those exams were happening this year? Could it not be that, bearing in mind we're just getting back into what a whole kind of face-to-face classroom looked like in the last few weeks, that there was some understanding of what that felt like for the children involved, let alone adding on all this pressure? And we talk a lot about well-being in schools, but it does seem to me that some of the environment, some of the ways of being, some of the situations that are happening just really are kind of taking you know, pieces out of the children, really hurting them. And then we're kind of saying, oh, but it's OK, because we've got a fantastic kind of support system that once they've been hurt, once they are stressed, once they are in trouble, we can then give them the help and support that they need. Now, as a mission... Now, as a musician, one of the things that really strikes me with this is a lot of that help and support is time. It's the arts. It's having a chance to listen to music. It's about drawing. It's about mindfulness. A lot of these things aren't part and parcel of what children do day to day. They're kind of an added on extra, not something which is integral to what's going on. And I'm really sad about that. You know, having a broad curriculum which involves all of the arts, that involves a curriculum which has a broad base, that has an inquisitivity about it, that enables you to kind of really think about what you're doing, how you're going about it. The fact that the world is your oyster, seeing education as a real gift, as a real tool for the things that you need, which you can then take forward into your life with that excitement that we talked about back in those early years. There's no reason why that has to change, even though our current system seems to kind of knock the wind out of everyone's cells as they go in year in, year out. Um, And we've got a podcast coming out soon of an interview that I did with Egerio, Iona Jackson from there. They've just done some research to say um, pupil well-being, what they think about well-being, how stressed they are, um, and real kind of research from that. I think from 45,000 schools, And there's a real kind of correlation between the ages and the kind of spikes that children are really suffering in, in the places you would expect in terms of the assessments and the kind of year groups as they go through their schooling. So those are some of the things that I've been sad about, things which can be different. As I said, sometimes whole system change, sometimes just the way that you think about things, understanding how we fit together as a community, how we can actually help each other to actually support the pupils that are around us to support the children that are around us to support your colleagues around to see the fact that we know the stress has been massive this year with people off sick with families with people isolating a whole manner of different things and understanding that we're in a pandemic we're still in a pandemic 
and to be able to just take a breath and allow the world to happen as it needs to without feeling like we're having to catch our breath that we're kind of behind that we need to do something which keeps us up with how we would be had this not gone on it's like thinking about children that were alive going through schooling during world war Two. of course their lives were going to be different they were evacuated they weren't with their families they may well have been bombed you can't expect life pre a world war to look the same as during this is a pandemic why does it need to look the same why can it not adjust and us just be grateful for the things that we need to appreciate what we have around us appreciate the fact we can still continue with so much of our learning make the most of being able to mix and and do some of the things that we've been able to do when we have the opportunity and i think the current climate certainly here in the uk as they're starting to talk about lockdowns and everything again was making the most of the opportunities we had when that wasn't the case so even if we do now start to get curtailed in some way we know it can change and we can make the most of those opportunities and that collective community that we've talked about whenever we can. So as I mentioned, some of those frustrations purely come from me. Some of them come from the fact that I talk to these fantastic people, but some of the day-to-day conversations I have, some of the day-to-day interactions I have, it doesn't always seem to make a difference. And then I have to remind myself, but what am I doing today? that makes a difference what's my immediate reaction to something which maybe isn't so positive how can I change that what can I say differently who can I talk to in a different way or create a different situation that makes it more positive and I certainly know the more I think about that the more of a breath I take the more I look after myself the easier that becomes because one of the things that we do know is over the course of this year with all the people I've spoken to in terms of people talking about creativeness within the within the curriculum, whether it's talking about joining some of the academic things in sport together, whether it's talking to people who actually are talking about changing education generally, all of these people are making a difference in their little world together. And we're kind of joining those dots and hopefully listening to all these things, you can hear it is making a difference somewhere and you can bring that into your world. You know, we've talked about well-being. We've talked about how that can work when we spoke to Dr. Anne-Margaret Smith um, about a lot of the ELT and the, the, the specific learning difficulty support that's available out there. We've talked to a, mil- a myriad of people about coaching in terms of how that can support children, both sort of one-to-one or in a group program setting where when they need individual help, no matter what their needs and whatever their situation that they can actually rediscover themselves at the centre and then go out and learn. And there's been a lot of conversations we've had here about tutoring as well as coaching that we start to understand it's really about the individual person. Once it's about understanding what we need as individuals, then the academic side of everything can then just be sort of become part and parcel of our learning, understanding and what we can actually do from there, which I think is incredibly, incredibly important. And we've also covered a wide range of things from maths to English to financial literacy. We've talked about engagement with parents and the community. Um, And those things have been really, really important. Um, And we've also had things like social media and actually some of the 
um, terrible situations that some of our guests have been in. But what it's done is it's really inspired them to go out and make a difference in the world, creating organisations and charities and foundations that can actually support children in a way which I think when it comes from outside the individuals of every given school can really be a, a positive and, and a make real sort of impact. Now one of the things that's been really um, amazing for me is the opportunity to help the National Association for Primary Education with some of their online CPD. We had a fantastic Christian Schiller lecture by Dr. Tony Ude back in March and since then we've had some smaller online sessions um, as we've gone through the year and I think it's that starts to grow and you start to be able to see people and hear people face to face on a regular basis you start to really realize that certainly what they're doing in primary education is making a real difference and the more people they're reaching um, the more exciting that becomes for me. Now I think when people come together with some real exciting tools, so for example, Educate, when I was chatting to, to Natalie Richards, and you know, she created this app, this ability to have a connection between schools and pupils, um, teachers and, and, and pupils in terms of their well-being in really creative ways, people who really understand how these things can be impactful on a day-to-day -day basis and really, really help and support people at the time of crisis, but in a way that's really helpful and supportive and gives people what they need in this kind of new technology world and, and education where it's about bringing together all of these skills all of the understanding all of the tools all of people's creativity it's not just about being at school at home outside of school it's about us all working together and being able to share some of these incredible opportunities to keep everyone safe but to keep people inspired and to give them a place where they can go and find out more because of course everybody is a different person you need different things at different times in your life different parts of your careers pupils need the same thing depending on where they are on any given day any given part of their journey through school they need different support and different understanding in different ways and we talk a lot about that one teacher that's made a difference to some of our guests and if you remember it's usually always about that personal connection they saw the guest as a human being they understood they needed help or a conversation or just the chance to have a bit of time together in a way that made a life-changing memory, which is the reason they share that with us on the podcast. I remember this teacher because of how I felt at that time. Very rarely is it ever about, I learned how to spell this word in a certain way, or how we did maths. It's always about that human connection. And I think when we understand that, we're really starting on a really strong foot. So as well as talking about global citizenship, we've talked about science, as I said, and English and maths and the whole myriad of things. But what really excited me was the conversation I had back in August with Heidi Decoe, and she was talking about her illuminated life school. And I will just mention this. This was episode 215. And Heidi's had the opportunity and the foresight to try and create a brand new school where we talk about this idea of wholesale change in the education curriculum, the way a whole school is. She's actually starting to build this brand new school. And basically, in the light of all the things we talk about, starting with flexible time, flexible learning, flexible hours, 
starting with time out talking with mind talking about mindfulness having well-being at the heart of what you do starting your academic learning on any given day in a different situation having a mentor and actually having the understanding of how this can happen not just in one school but use it as a template around the world so i do suggest if you didn't hear that one episode 215 please go back and listen to that because that's the epitome of what we're talking about in terms of let's not try and change small things let's try and change things in a massive way um, and that's really exciting to be able to do that of course we need to do the small things ourselves every day but if we can make these big difference by people being crazy creative or even <laughs> really courageous and be able to pull those things together and show people there is a different way of doing it a different light and how you can adapt that across the world then that's going to be really exciting for changes as we move on. So those are kind of my kind of initial thoughts really about the frustrations that I have day to day, how I can change those things for myself, but also some of the things that we've actually talked about, some of the things that we've shared, listening to some of these people talking about how they're supporting pupils, how they're supporting schools, talking about feedback how we do looking at how we turn up in the class you know how do we support people how do we mentor people how do we show on a regular basis the light what's the goal where are we going and hopefully on the podcast over the course of this year you've heard something where you've thought yes I can make that difference it might be a tool it might be an app it might be a way of talking to people it might be a way of giving feedback it might have been understanding that even though I can't make this whole difference today I've heard this person talking about something in a different light I've heard them talking about curriculum being done in a completely different way being student-led of course we need to set the environment we are the guides within any given school within any given world but we can do it as a collective journey And we can do that with understanding and with heart um, and with compassion and with empathy and all of these things to kind of really understand that everyone is doing the best they can, whatever their situations. And if we do that one day at a time, one step at a time, then the world's going to be a much better place. And from there, we're able to really take things forward and make the kind of differences that we really, really want to see in the world. So thank you very much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for all the support, all the feedback, all the understanding. No matter where you listen, no matter how you listen, whether you're in the car, on your walks, in the gym, whether you're reading the emails, whether you're in the Facebook group, I appreciate every single person and every single interaction. And thank you so much for being an inspiration for me and for keeping education on fire on the on the guiding path that it needs to be, I think, to be able to share these ideas, share these inspirational people, these situations, these tools, these understanding of what education can be and how we can change small things within our life to get nearer there, as well as these massive systematic changes like creating a whole new school. So have a fantastic new year. I look forward to being back again in January. Just thank you. See you very soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com.
education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.